Good evening, my fellow Sith brothers and sisters, purebloods, cultists, rebel scum, on the run. But most importantly, you, my fellow Star Wars fans. I hope everybody's hanging in there today. Hope everybody's uh, had a decent week. Um, it hasn't been too bad. It's gotten it's gotten a little better. Some ways. Um, I uh, see. I don't have. I know I keep circling back around uh, tattoo updates. Um, there are a couple ideas I keep going back and forth with. Just watching Obi-Wan and some of the stuff lately, it's just, it's got me bouncing back and forth between um, a Quinlan Boss tattoo. At one point, I know I thought tried to figure out something I could do for him because he's one of my favorites. Um... I've also recircled uh, Imperial Disguise Chopper and a Loth Cat. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I've also possibly thought about either, and this was something that came up after today, after watching episode five of Obi-Wan, but part of me also thought about um, getting the Inquisitorious logo. Black circle with the black line going through it where it almost looks like an Inquisitor um, inquisitor saber. And it's got two red lines going across it uh, uh, sideways. Um, part of me's thought about that. And then it's like, well, you know, I just keep finding myself visiting a couple ide couple ideas but nothing concrete so you know like i said when i see the right idea or i see something you know i keep track of all my my ideas so nothing new yet but definitely getting the itch to get something done sooner than later um i did actually make a purchase and it's the only purchase I actually did make uh day before yesterday but I did just because I had a 15% off and you know I wanted here we go another fucking cup but uh I did buy another yeti uh Star Wars yeti from my friends nerds and nomads who I have now purchased 3 cups from I bought last year or year before when I first moved in here um a Darth Vader uh Yeti mug and I also purchased for myself uh just earlier this year after San Diego Comic-Con uh from them I purchased my Stormtrooper Yeti, my 30 ounce tum or 30 ounce Rambler from them, which I really love. And then I purchased, which they had a couple designs on there. I can't recall them ever carrying before, but I was looking through the ones they had, and I saw they had a part of this their Sith collection. They had a Palpatine, this very minimalistic. Palpatine silhouette where you can clearly tell it's him you know it's almost you know you can't see it's not a complete outline of him 
but it's this matte black where you've got that stainless steel poking through where you see hints of a, of his face and his hood and like going down like towards the shoulder area. I really loved it because it was minimalistic and you know, you could tell it was Palpatine. And I really liked it. So I bought the 20 ounce. I had a 15% off coupon to use. So rather than spending, I think it was originally 83 for the 20 ounce Rambler, I got the 15% off, which made it 70 and it was free shipping. So now I have a mug, a big Rambler, and now a medium Rambler. So plenty of ramblers not like i needed more cups but you know hey i like supporting small business where i can especially uh local businesses around here especially you know craft beer scene which i support pretty hard but nerds and nomads i've you know like i said i, I i've purchased three things from them and i i have nothing but nice things to say from them so if you get a chance to check them out on, I know they have Facebook and Instagram. I believe they also do uh, have somewhat a shop set up on um, Etsy. But they were also in case, uh, or at least when I first bought from them, they were known as the Utensil Company. But they are now Nerds and Nomads. You know, it's the same same products under a new name. They changed, I think it was last year or earlier this year, they changed the name. But um, they, you know, they're really great. They have, you can get Yeti brand stuff. Um, they don't just do Star Wars. They do other, they do have other nerd, nerd stuff that you can get put on mugs in that Marvel, DC, um, uh, Beetlejuice, you know, they do, you know, they have quite a, quite a bit of pop culture stuff that you can get on there. So definitely, you know, like I said, they can't say enough nice things about them, you know, very, you know, great communication, especially if I had questions about stuff. I know at one point, you know, they, they were uh, accepting customs. Uh, but, you know, like I said, they have a lot of great products, very, you know, I, I stand by my Yeti stuff, you know, they, they can be a little pricey, but you know, you also get what you pay for. Um, so like I said, utensil company now known as nerds and nomads, check them out, support them. Um, but that is the only purchase that I've made. Uh, still, you know, going back and forth, still got to clean and straighten up and consolidate. Uh, talked recently with a friend about you know wanting to get my hands on a couple of saber hilts but I just you know considering the ones I have are not necessarily mainstream it's like I would like to get Savage Presses hilt which I would have to go on to Etsy or somewhere else for and get a custom of it uh XR Coon is another one you know both double blades that I really enjoy um Palpatines at some point would be cool, but you know, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day. You know, I only have my Black Series Kylo, and I feel like I've got almost everything else, but you know, I've just got the one saber. I do have the 3D hilt of Ben Solo, of course, and then I got uh John Carlo to sign the 3D 
uh, hilt that I have of the dark saber, you know, it's, it's fine and dandy, but you know, I, I feel like that's probably the one thing I probably need, you know, could never always use a little bit more of to help round out my collection. Um, I did see for sale, which I did resist somebody selling another vintage at, at, uh, for 135. And I think the only reason I didn't, didn't, you know, I looked at it and I considered it like I really did. I'm like, Holly, don't you dare. You know, you don't have the room for it right now. You got to clean up your room before you even think about getting another one. So I thought that was pretty fucking funny, but it's just like, Ooh, that's a vintage. It was only missing the, I think it was only missing the light bulb cover and the um, chin guns, the two little plastic ones on the bottom of the chin, not the cheek guns on the side, which to me are more important. I do have at least one other, um, one other ad at, and believe it or not, it is my, it is another vintage, uh, missing the chin guns, I think also. So, you know, that price is actually pretty good, especially if the vintage is mostly intact. So I was just like, oh man, I think the only thing that really stopped me was aside from not really having the room, but I think also because, you know, it's not somebody that I necessarily recognize. And plus the post was a little confusing because it looked like they may or may not have updated the post. And at the very bottom of him listing everything he had for sale, uh, it said something about everything is sold, but I think the post was only up for a couple hours. It's from one of the, uh, I think it's from the vintage to uh, Star Wars toy group that I'm a part of, which, you know, I kind of take with a grain of salt anyway, because I think some of the people on there overpriced the shit that they've got, but it's a great place if you have questions about toys and stuff like that, especially vintage stuff. Um, but, you know, eh, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Hopefully he'll go to a home, you know, somebody that doesn't have one yet that'll take care of him. And I just, you know, I would love to take him, but I've really got to go through and purge what I've got first before I start taking in, um, taking in more and I please and plus I already have two vintage and so if anything if I were to take another one in I would really want to get another legacy just to just so I can say if I'm going to go after another one if it's not the and I swear to god it would be nice to have but it just by moral principles prevent me from spending $800 on him but the Lego UCS ad at that they released really would like that guy but I just I'm not spending that much on Legos uh but another legacy would be just as nice just so I can say I have two two and two of the power of the force the vintage and the legacy I really feel like I could use another big boy so anything more than that I feel like you're playing into tattoo money which I'm just kind of like mm, once I started getting tattooed regularly I, you know I just I feel like my cap on 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 stuff is like two three hundred depending on what it is and like anything over that it's just like dude i might as well just get another tattoo or put that money aside for you know going down to galaxy's edge or some shit like that so but anyways folks i'm gonna go ahead and because this week i actually talked about episode five longer than the episode actually was I'm going to go ahead and switch gears and get us set up for Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 5 review. So, if by chance you missed up until this point, 
or didn't catch, I'm going to get ready to talk about episode five. So please, you'll have a brief break in between. And I do actually do more of a disclaimer this time. But please, if just because the episode just came out today, please take the time, push pause. I don't want to ruin it for you. So, again, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Let's go ahead and hit up episode five and talk about what we thought about this week. So sit tight. Okay. So before I continue, I just wanted to go ahead and give a little bit more of a disclaimer FYI about this final portion of the segment, which is going to overview my first impressions of episode five, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So my friends, if you have not viewed, please pause and rejoin after you viewed. I do not want to spoil the episode for you guys. So again, I'm going to talk about episode five, first impressions, and um, the episode was from start to finish, including the credits, was just a hair over 40, so the episode itself was probably like 30, 35 minutes, and I just... I can't help but feel at this point that next week is the season finale. And I feel like the episodes have gotten shorter when they should be fairly close to consistent. And I look at and I think about how I felt about episode one and how it was just shy of an hour, and it felt like a movie, and, you know, the cinematography in the first episode was a lot better than the rest of the episodes, and I felt like as we progressed with the series, I feel like shortcuts were made with, like, stunt work, and just the way characters were portrayed, and this week was no different. So we see Obi-Wan and Leia and them on the trade ship or whatever trade route that they're on heading back to Jabin. And Uh, O'Shea Jackson's character, uh, Colin, I think's his name, uh, K-A-W-L-U-N, I think's his name, uh, had said, you know, hey, we gotta, you know, we gotta evacuate everybody, uh, before, you know, so obviously companies come in, and, you know, Obi-Wan's like, yeah, I've gotta get her back to Alderaan, and... (laughs) I just, I did not think it would take this long, and I 
I did make a comment about it last week. I'm just, I'm a little, by this point, I see, you know, I see the, you know, I see the inconsistencies that Book of Boba Fett had and I I definitely feel that as we've progressed, Obi-Wan has taken a little bit more of a collaborative semi-backseat in his series. And I say that because you look at all the other things and all the loose ends we've got going on right now. Um, we obviously lost the Grand Inquisitor, episode two. Um, Leia got kidnapped, and this entire series has been about, you know, her stuff and trying to get her back to Alderaan, and there hasn't been a lot of, you know, talking about Luke or even Anakin for, you know, what, what he's been up to all this time, and I definitely think for me, just because I I I wanted to like the episode and after watching it I'm like wow there there was a lot going on there in a 30 to 35 minute episode I wanted to like it but again I think the same issues that I've had with the previous episodes I definitely don't feel like with this being the second to last episode, I definitely feel like as we get closer to the end of this, whether it's the end of the season or end of the series, whatever they decide to do, I just, I definitely feel like after this week, they've definitely opened it up for a season two because of a couple things that happened in the episode. So. Obviously, you've got Reva on this quest for Obi-Wan. And Darth Vader's like, are you sure you put the tracker on it? And he's like, yes, I did. So after they land at this base on Jabim, um, when not long after they land, Reva and everybody... You know, it's like, yeah, we know where they're at. Darth Vader, and I was afraid they were going to do this. Darth Vader pins, puts the pin on her and calls her the Grand Inquisitor. And this entire episode, we did not see the fifth brother or the fourth sister that we've seen in previous episodes. They... They were non-existent. We did see purge troopers again. And I don't want to get ahead of the review and the discussion, but somebody else finally pops back up. So they've got these blast doors sealed and obviously Obi-Wan's like, you know, I'll hold them off as long as they can because the only reason they're here is because of me. And, um, 
Lola or rogue Lola, I guess we'll say, uh, goes up in this ventilation shaft and semi shuts the, uh, bay doors to where the ship that they're all getting ready to board and evacuate so that the ship can't leave. And the only person, you know, only person that seems to fit up in there is Princess Leia. And she offers to go up there. Obi-Wan tells uh, Colin and that, you know, hey, I trust her and stuff like that. And he's like, well, <laughs> nobody else is going to be able to fit up there. It's got to be small. So before Leia even gets up there, Lola sneaks in the vent and obviously, you know, messes with the door and is kind of hiding behind this wiring and this panel of wiring that's kind of blocking everything and so when Leia climbs up in there she spends a pretty much the entire episode you know trying to fidget around and people hollering up hey do you got it you know we need to get ready to go um <clears throat> excuse me they um before this fire fight breaks out and I'm trying to pull up here before the firefight breaks out, um, Haja, the Indian guy, is obviously there. And Obi-Wan's surprised to see him there. And he excuses himself. And he, he, he's, got, he's almost like getting this, this, how do I say it, this little like pager type thing. He's like, I've got to take this. He has Haja watch Leia while she's doing it. He's like, whoa, dude, I'm not a babysitter. And so he kind of goes off into a corner and it's Bail Organa, you know, saying, hey, I haven't heard from you. The longer you're quiet, the more that I worry. If Vader has found out about the kids, then, you know, I'm going to hurt. I'm going to, you know, go ahead to Tatooine and, you know, they'll rendezvous there or whatever. And you can kind of see this look of concern on his face because not after after he ends the message with uh, from Bale, Tala walks up on him and like, "Hey, everything okay?" And uh, you know, just you know, talking about the past and um, it was a really nice moment you know Tala you know reminding Obi-Wan you know what you know what they're doing and how and what she was even doing when she um back when she was mostly doing her job as an imperial officer you know going after force sensitive kids and you know killing families and you know nobody ever came back and then Reva with a bunch of stormtroopers and a couple of purge troopers and this really large um, heavy weapon. You know, she orders them to start firing and blasting down the door. And finally, there's enough of a little... I guess you could say a little opening in the door and 
Obi-Wan, you know, he tells Colin and that he's like, you guys get into the ship. I'm going to go ahead and hold her off as best I can. You know, she's here for me. If it wasn't for me, you know, they wouldn't be here. You know, I'm going to hold off and do the best I can. So he walks up to the door and Reva, you know, is like, walks up to the door and they start talking and Finally, we discover kind of what we had an inkling about all along, that Reva was one of the younglings that obviously survived Order 66 at the Jedi Temple. And we see these flashbacks of, like, Anakin staring at her before before the memory kind of fades and she's telling Obi-Wan about how she faked you know, fake that she was dead and, you know, a lot of people died that day and you kind of see this little shift or this turn in Reva that I think other people were kind of either alluding to or semi afraid of because, so Reva is now the Grand Inquisitor. The original is at this moment nowhere to be found. There's been speculation whether or not he is dead, or really dead, and in between all this is this, you know, I can't believe, and this is kind of maybe just me looking at it and being, you know, speculative here, but, you know, if I were one of the stormtroopers or even the purge troopers, I just, you know, she, you know, obviously I don't necessarily think anyone probably didn't hear her talking to Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan or the things that she was saying to, to, to him, but it just, it makes me wonder, it's like, you know, nobody's like, nobody's seeing this, like, you know, we're, you know, we're, you know, first we're blasting down the doors and it's like, hey, now we're talking through a wall. And I just, you know, it just, I don't know. But anyways, you know, Obi-Wan's like, I can help you, but you can't defeat him yourself. You know, it, it, it's, you know, she's like, you know, where were you? And, and stuff like that. And of course he never answered her when 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 she kept asking pressing, like, where were you? Why didn't you help us? And and um so now Obi-Wan and Reva are basically like, okay, you know I, I can help you here because He's obviously on his way here because of me. So I'm literally bringing him to you so you can finally enact this vengeance that you've had since Order 66. Um, they didn't really go into any more detail, I think, uh, what she had been up to or just exactly what happened after that. They didn't really go into that, which is why I think this is another reason why I think they've definitely opened it up to possibly season two because they've obviously put invested so much in Reva's character, even though I feel like there's a lot of 
mixed reaction about how well she's been received. And then obviously, you know, seeing the dark side of the fandom and just how controversial her character, you know, it's the the only character that I can think of in semi-recent memory where it seemed to really bother people was Rose Tico. But um, just seeing how the fandom has kind of taken to her, you know, it kind of, I can definitely see, depending on how this goes, I can obviously tell that this is, you know, we're, we're clearly going to see or hear more from her at some point. So the conversation abruptly ends and Darth Vader shows up and Vader's like, you know, where is he? And he's like, we 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 got him. We got him secure inside. And he's brought out. Wait. Wait a second. Before Vader lands, Obi-Wan and Reva, like they, they, they finally break through the door and Reva and Obi-Wan fight a little bit. And Vader, after Obi-Wan's brought back into the cave area or whatever, Vader goes in after him. And this whole time, Leia's been up in the ventilation shaft area thing, trying to play around and fix the doors. And Lola pops out, and she's like, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing? And Lola starts going after her with a red eye thing. And she finally gets her hands on Lola and feels this little, feels up under her the little thing that Reva put on her takes it off her and throws it out the 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 vent and Lola returns to normal and and Leia you know figures out and finally gets the doors open they get her back down and Obi-Wan's like we don't have a lot of time you know Vader's you know Vader's on his way so literally as they finally make it onto the transport Vader comes bursting in and in the process of this, we see some flashback scenes of when somewhere in the episode two, episode three timeline of the movies, flashback before Anakin turned, we see um, this flashback to Obi-Wan and Anakin training on Coruscant on a balcony area. And... Anakin manages to disarm Obi-Wan. And he's like, yeah, you lost your weapon. It's done. And Obi-Wan, to prove a point, it's like, you, you don't need a weapon. And he manages to disarm Anakin. And he's like, you know what? You know, because you can't control your emotions and, and you know, a pat, you're, you're going to remain a Padawan. And so you can kind of see that 
that hurt and that frustration in Anakin's face, obviously playing into what we already know what happens, but, um, you know, Anakin, you know, his fighting style, you know, he definitely, as the, they, they kind of went back and forth a couple times to this particular flashback. And, you know, you can see as the flashbacks show the progression of this training session that we're seeing, you know, just, Anakin's getting more and more aggressive with his fighting and you know I definitely you know it kind of you know obviously it fleshes out what we already know but at the same time you know you just you definitely um you know I think to an extent or at least me anyway you know I felt like part of me felt for him you know going through that because that was something that definitely came out in the Clone War era comics and, you know, the movies and the TV series and stuff like that, how it was kind of pointed out how Anakin could definitely sense, I wouldn't say it was this animosity, but just this, you know, it's just, he felt like Obi-Wan was holding back and, you know, kind of, you know, didn't want to train him at times and everything that I've seen and read up to this point, I think this, this training sequence kind of, it was really nice to see because you can clearly tell that this wasn't snippets back from when episode two and episode three came out. This was definitely you know, you could tell Hayden was a little older in the scene. Obviously, you could tell Ewan, even though Ewan hasn't changed a whole lot, you know, but you could definitely tell that Hayden was a lot older than when the this the this time frame was originally filmed. So I thought it was really neat to see um, you know, the flashback. And I will say for me at least that was one one of the highlights that I actually really enjoyed. So as Vader's bursting into this comp or this this uh holding area, um he sees this transport trying to escape, which initially we think that's the ship that everybody got onto. So Vader uses the force to kind of like Ray did in The Rise of Skywalker and the whole fight with Kylo trying to get Ray to um finally show who she really is with the force lightning and taking down the ship that she thought was Chewie's I thought it was interesting that this was a pr pretty much almost a mirror of that in the sense that Vader pulls the ship back down onto the ground um it hadn't even really fully cleared the the bay doors and he brings it back down to the to the ground and starts tearing the ship apart using the force so you're sitting there going holy shit and all of a sudden vader being distracted you see another ship on the other side of it take off and vader just kind of staring at it being like fuck um so as vader is looking up at the ship going away you see reva Reva, sorry, you see her kind of walking, you know, walking up to 
Vader. She ignites her saber and goes to stab him. And he holds it off with the force. Um, this particular sequence, at least for me anyway, I don't know if it's a reflection of Moses's acting or just the stunt work or the stunt team, whoever was in charge of the fight sequences, like the way Reva moved is definitely like she didn't it was just like I felt like it was almost at times like watching a fight in slow motion because I don't feel aside from like force pushing her, uh where Vader force pushed her a couple times, I don't I don't felt she she didn't have a whole lot of agility to her character. And I don't know if that's, you know, if that's, you know, anything on Moses or like I said, if it's like a stunt team or whoever, it just, it looked, it, it, it didn't look effortless. And I think back to episode two where she's running after Obi-Wan on the rooftops and just, just the way she moved it, It just either, you know, she, she, there were times where either she was, she felt like she either pulled back or hesitated or, uh, it just like the fight between her and Vader at times, it just, it, 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 it looked a little bit of a struggle. Vader finally gets her down onto her knees and, you know, he takes apart her saber. At one point, I know he throws her one half and he takes the other half and, like, they go back and forth. And then, finally, I guess he gets both halves back and puts the saber back together. And and this one, I feel like, obviously, really... You know, probably upset people just because of of everything that's gone on with her character in the series. But Vader stabbed her much like she stabbed the Grand Inquisitor. However, I don't think Reva has two stomachs like he does. At least I don't think she does. Um, all of a sudden, coming into view. We see Mr. Rupert Friend, a.k.a. our beloved Grand Inquisitor. The guy who we thought were dead, but really wasn't because he had two stomachs. And Vader goes on this whole, you don't think we saw this coming? Uh, And he calls her youngling. So Vader obviously, Vader now senses... I guess, obviously, he can now sense why she just tried to do what she did. Vader realizes that, you know, she was a youngling, and, you know, she actually saw him, you know, she saw him kill her friends, 
and obviously try to kill her and how she played for dead. So, you know, Anakin, um, you know, basically between Anakin and the Grand Inquisitor, you know, basically calling her actions uh, predictable and like her anger and and everything, you know, it was just, it was easy to exploit, you know, however, we're going to leave you like you left me. And, you know, basically down in the gutter where you belong. And he takes the Grand Inquisitor pin uh, that she hasn't had very long on her offer, puts it back on, like, see you later, Grand Inquisitor. And everybody clears out. Um, I definitely, um, I definitely was glad to see him back. I have to say he's grown on me a little bit now that, you know, now that I felt like this is probably we've seen him in an episode where he actually, you know, he actually had some lines. I thought him with Vader and basically it, you know, this whole thing and getting her to do what she did, you know, basically setting her up and exposing her for, you know, didn't even necessarily touch on, hey, by the way, I know that you tried to kill the Grand Inquisitor, even though I'm sure obviously it's it's implied that, you know, obviously because they knew she was going to do this and him coming back with Vader, obviously it's like, oh yeah, by the way, you know, and then him making the commenter like, you know, like he did, you know, I'm going to leave you like you left me, you know, in the gutter and blah, 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 like this whole um, you know, like I said, I actually, I, I am glad they did finally bring him back. However, it's like, bro, where you been? You've been down, you know, you've, you, where, I, I think I joke, one of the jokes I made online was, oh yeah, he was in the back watching Avengers or some other, you know, funny, silly shit. Um, you know, we obviously, you know, he was probably a back to tank somewhere where he was. We don't know what he was doing. We don't know. But, you know, obviously, I think one of the only, you know, one of the few things they could try and right the wrong that they committed at the beginning of this. One of the reasons why I got so upset when they killed him, which he shouldn't have necessarily been killed in the first place or quote unquote should have been defeated that easily. But. I also think back to, um, you know, there have been actually a couple movies that I remember seeing Rupert in, and I actually, as an actor, I really do enjoy his work. Um, I definitely know he's been in Pride and Prejudice. Um, I'm trying to think. There was another movie I thought of earlier where I'd seen him in. Now I've got to try and look it up. Rupert Friend. Movies. Ah, Young Victoria. That's right. That's the movie I thought of earlier because I've seen that. Um, and then I did not even realize he was in The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. I love that movie. It's a very sad movie, but I didn't even, I completely forgot he was in that. Um, those are, those are the three things I know for sure I've seen him in. I'm just looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look like I've seen him in anything else. 
Um, but I love his character. And that part I did also kind of like just because I was glad to see Reva get put in her place. I think the other thing that, you know, I sit back and look at when it comes to her character is she got a lot of attention, good and bad. And she kind of rose so quickly to power and didn't really have much opposition. But when you look at in the grand scheme of things, especially after the last episode, episode four, I think in general, the, the Grand Inquisitors in this series have come off as very weak. I mean, there's really, no one's really stood up to her except for maybe Vader, you know, who obviously, you know, that's her boss at the end of the day, in a way. So, I mean, I can kind of see that, but, you know, she got the best of the Grand Inquisitor. And this episode, there was no fifth brother, fourth sister, you know, they were MIA, like nobody else. And I guess maybe... You know, just so that way they can kind of put emphasis and attention on, you know, hey, we brought the Grand Inquisitor back, you know, maybe that's why. But, um, we end, get towards the end of the episode where Reva, Reva, shoot, I keep going back and forth between that name. I'm sorry. Reva is on the, you know, on the ground kind of, you know, realizing she obviously, you know, got stabbed in the stomach. Um, she sees on the ground something that Obi-Wan, in the midst of the chaos, when he ran off to go take the... I don't even want to call it a phone call, but when he ran off to to view the message from Bale, he gave all his stuff to Haja. He's like, hey, keep an eye on Leia. Like, he ran off to go answer this this message. And in the process of them trying to, to scurry onto the transport, you do see him drop a bunch of stuff. And I think at one point he realized or looked down and realized he dropped it, but he's like, eh, fuck it, whatever. Um, not entirely sure if he knew what that was or if he realized, you know, what it was or whatever, but obviously he didn't really place much, you know, think much of it. Um, but Reva looks over and she sees the little communicator thing in the dirt just out of reach of her so she kind of crawls over and gets it and she views the message from Bale that Bale sent to Obi-Wan and in the process of her viewing this message Obi-Wan can sense that Reva knows. And so 
Reva knows she knew about Anakin being Darth Vader. And now she knows another secret. Possibly that Vader has kids. And that one of them's on Tatooine. And possibly that the girl that she literally had captive for a brief while was Leia, Vader's daughter. But the thing of it is, is with the way Bale said in the message, and I kind of wanted to pick on this because she knows definitely if if she know if he knows because Bale said to Obi Wan in the message, if he knows about the kids, then I'm gonna go to Tatooine. So. Based off the way Bale said it, I don't think she necessarily would under know, or I don't think I don't know if she would know that Leia is one of the kids, but definitely based off the message Bale says, obviously one of them's on Tatooine. So now she knows that somebody's on Tatooine. Now, whether both of them are there, I just, you know, like I said, there there are a couple things where it's just kind of like, mm, you know, does she know about Leia or does she think both of them are on Tatooine or is Leia one of the kids? Like, you know, it's really, it remains to be seen because obviously the look on Reva's face after she listens to this message, she's like, oh, shit. And Obi-Wan realizing this, it it definitely complicates things. Because the very end of the episode, we see Tatooine and Uncle Owens. And it kind of zooms in on a young Luke who hair looked a little bit more brown than blonde. but that's being, you know, being a little picky, but looking down on him sleeping and the episode ends. So in the midst of, and I think I just realized I forgot about this, in the midst of the firefight between Reva and the stormtroopers breaking into the compound where Colin, Obi-Wan, Leia, and everybody were before they managed to, you know, semi-shut the doors a little bit. Um, completely forgot about this. And like I said, there's just, there was a lot going on. And so in the midst of all that, poor Obi-Wan and escape and Vader shows up. Tala gets shot in the stomach, in that lower abdomen area. And it's this whole touching scene because Obi-Wan's yelling for her. He obviously sees her getting, you know, he's trying to get to her, but he cannot get to her in time. And 
she yells at him, go. And she has in her hand a detonator. And right before she detonates it, we see BD, her droid, also not doing too hot, kind of gets down on the ground in front of her and kind of protects her there for a brief set, you know, kind of in front of her taking a brunt to the firefight as they're trying to shoot after Obi-Wan and everybody who's gone more further into near where the ship is. And that scene was very touching because of obviously the conversation between Anakin and her earlier in the episode after he listened to the bail message and and everything. And I just, you know, I think there were parts of the episode that I did like. Definitely relieved they brought back the Grand Inquisitor. I, I don't think he should have been gone in the first place, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. I just, um, I, I just, I can't help but be concerned. I mean, we've only got one episode left, guys. One. We've got one left. The episodes seem to be getting a little shorter, if you ask me. And the episode ends with Reva discovering out about the kids so the episode kind of tries to patch some things up but then it also kind of loosens more ends where it's like okay you know don't really think we you know what we gained you know there were other things that we lost so I mean I kind of feel like you know we're, we're kind of almost even keel with what we gained and what we lost with things but you know, we don't know if Reva is in fact dead. Because obviously she listens to the message and they kind of pan away from her. We don't know if she's dead. We don't know. And obviously this is probably going to come out next week. We don't know if she's going to tell anybody about the message. We don't know finally fucking makes it back to Alderaan or where they're going at this point what's going to happen to Luke so we know the Grand Inquisitor's back with Vader and they, they obviously leave Reva for dead so I mean if anything I, I just I definitely think it's like okay you know I, th- I feel like at this point, I almost feel like I can almost confidently say that they're probably going to attempt to do a season two out of this, but I just, I, I just, I, I worry about how it's going to look and how it's going to go because of how season one's gone. I just, I don't know. That's just me, but. That's all I really got to say for Obi-Wan Episode 5. Damn, I didn't realize I talked that long about it. I talked, <laughs> I've talked about the episode longer than the episode actually was. That's, that's wow, that's a record. Um, but, you know, like I said, there were parts of it I liked for a change. But, you know, I just, 
you know, I just, I feel, you know, I, I, you know, I still have concern about how it's going to look and how they're going to wrap things up. I mean, I feel like, like I said, at this point, they've definitely, you know, opened it for a season two, but it's just like, do we really want it at this point? So anyways, I hope you all enjoyed my discussion tonight. Um, next week we got the finale. Thanks again for joining me. Please do not forget to like, comment, subscribe. My Life on Exegol, wherever you can listen to podcasts. And until next time, my friends, may the force be with you.